Today, we are in part 12 of our series on fight. We are in fight part 12, and we are looking at the tired soldier, the tired soldier. You know, sometimes you are just tired, you know. Um, and last week, we looked at the wounded soldier. We looked at the wounded soldier from the perspective of internal fires, as in friendly fires, as in um, fires from allies. You know, um, down the line, we look at the wounded soldier from enemy fire, you know, from enemy fire. But today, we are looking at the tired soldier, the tired soldier. The reality about life is that. Life is hard, you know, anyone, anyone that says to you, oh, life is easy peasy. Uh, is that in, in denial? <laughs> or is living on another planet? You know, life is hard. This struggle is real. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard to, to juggle, work, your parenting, you have a spouse, you have, and some people, you don't have a spouse, you have to parent alone, you're a single parent, a single mom, you're a single dad, you know, and you're like, oh, this is hard. This is hard. Sometimes you look at everybody around you, it's as if no one really gets this thing. You know, it's as if you are the only one that is receiving the toughness of life. You see, the truth is, you are not the only one. Everybody goes through a period where they are tired, where they just want to run away <laughs> or just do something, you know, and just, you know, get rid of this pain, you know. However, today, we are going to look at the tired soldier. An entire soldier is about how to respond when the warrior in you is tired. How do you respond when the warrior in you is worn out? How do you respond when the warrior with you in you is beaten down and by the assaults of life? The assaults of life can be brutal. How do you respond? You know, how do you respond? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was uh, thinking about, about this and meditating on the scriptures and thinking about this um, early hours of this morning. And I was saying that sometimes, you know, we look at younger people and, and we think that they shouldn't have any problems as in <laughs> children don't have problems. I'm, I'm talking about from the age of seven, you know, below five, usually they don't have any problems. But from the age of seven, 10, when your child is seven, 10, 
12, you begin to see that they are actually facing the same pressure, albeit in a different way than you are facing. And sometimes you may think, come off it. What, what's the big deal? Because, okay, let me give an example. I, I, was, I was watching a video of, of a, uh, a little child that was, cry <laughs> was crying and the child was saying, and the mom came and said, oh, what is this baby? And the child says, oh, my heart is broken. Oh, I, I have a broken heart. You know, someone broke my heart in school today. <laughs> someone broke my heart in school today. There was this boy that I like, and he wouldn't greet me. He broke my heart. And, and I'm thinking, there was a, another case, not just girls. There was another case of a guy, even though the girl was the one I saw yesterday. I look at the guy, he must be about 12. He was crying that nobody wants to dance with him at the party. His heart is broken. And look, this, 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 it was tired. This pain was real, you know, to them. <laughs> but I was looking at it like, when I was, when I was your age, you don't even have a heart. I said, you shouldn't. If the only heart ache that you get, like someone said in the video, is, is when you fail an exam, that is where you have a heart ache. <laughs> you know, you know, and then the person also said that you're saying you don't have appetite. You, they're begging you. In fact, in our own time, you will even get the food. <laughs> you will get punished for failing the exam. And, and so, I'm saying to myself that, did we have girls that didn't want to dance with us back then? Of course we did. Did we have guys that would um, ignore a girl that liked them? Of course they were. But for us, it was in heartache. We wouldn't lose our appetite. We would mount a counter strategy. <laughs> Anyway, my point is this. Everyone feels the heat. Child, teenager, young adult, adult. And sometimes you just say to yourself that you are tired. You are tired. You are tired. You are tired. And when we look at it, it's, it's a story in the Bible you know, of a king. It was, well, it was a dead king, but he wasn't king yet. His name, his name is David. And David had soldiers with him. They went to fight with him for the Philistines. And the Philistines said, oh, you can't fight with us because, hey, you are so servant. And before you, you turn back, um, turn at us in battle and, and destroy us because of, you want to demonstrate your loyalty to your, to your boss former boss or whatever at, at the time, and they came back to Ziglag. And when they got to Ziglag, they saw that these were men of war. These were valiant men. Men, they were like mercenaries hired by nations to go to war with them. So they got to their base at Ziglag and they discovered that the enemy had raided their homes, burnt down their homes, raided their children, their wives, their property, everything. And 
when we take the story from verse 3 of 1 Samuel 30, it says, when David and his men, when they got to Ziklag and they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men, they wept aloud until they had no more strength to weep. I mean, sometimes in life you weep because you are tired. You, you, you want to shut down and just cry because you are tired. But sometimes you cry so much because you are tired until you get tired of crying. And you don't have enough strength to cry. Have you been there? But you just sit down and cry is not even coming. <laughs> cry is not coming because you are tired of crying. You were crying because you were tired of the situation. Now you can't cry because you are tired of crying. These men got to the place where they had no more strength left to weep. No more strength. So they were tired. Again, these were men of war. These were valiant mercenaries hired by nations to help topple another nation or take over a government or go to war. They cried like babies. So you may say, Pastor, I thought crying was a problem. No, it's okay to cry. It's okay. It's okay to cry. But you see, the truth is that cry, crying also will wear you out because you will cry to a point that you are even tired of crying. You don't even have the energy to cry. So what do you do then? What do you do? We're going to show us what to do. What do you do? And, you know, sometimes it is a, not a, not a vision, not, not, not it's a vision, not not um, a real a real situation that has happened that has cost us pain. Maybe a loss of a marriage, or a son, or a job, or or maybe um, disease, or maybe a loss of a friend. You know, um, I got some news about a friend of mine today. That's I'm just I mean. You know, sometimes it's not things that are, that are external. Sometimes there are things that are like visions in your heart that you have envisioned. It's not things that you have, that has happened to your life. It's more of things that are not, have not even happened. You know, these things can wear us down can make us weak and tired. The word of God says in Proverbs 13, verse 12, that when you have a vision that is delayed, when you have a hope that is deferred, it makes the heart sick. It makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So when hope is deferred, it actually makes one tired. When you're trusting God for something, you have believed God for it. God may have even shown you a vision of it. And it has not happened. You may get tired. You may get tired. So it's not only something that happens to you. Sometimes it's something that happens in you that makes you tired. That makes you, Nobody can see the vision. You can see it, 
Nobody can understand it. You can understand it. In the case of David, the house was tangible. The children were tangible. The wives, their property were tangible. The things, everything happening and happened to them was tangible. But in this case, they are intangible things that are deferred and they make us tired. They make us weak. So how should a soldier respond? How can a soldier find strength? How can a tired soldier find strength? Three things. Then we bring in our discussant, uh, the people that will be discussing with us, and we take it from there. How can a tired soldier find strength? The first thing is this the soldier must learn to wait on God. You see, it's a skill that. Like I said, following the Holy Spirit is a skill that you have to learn. Waiting on God is also a skill that every soldier of Christ must learn. Waiting on God, the le learning to wait on God is a skill. The word of God says in Isaiah 50, verse 28, that don't you know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, of the ends of the earth does not become tired or grow weary. Since the God that we are dealing with never gets tired. Are you a tired soldier? You have a God that does not get tired. Whoa, whoa. Whether you're tired from external battering or internal turmoil, you have a God that doesn't get tired. Verse 29 goes on to tell us that he gives, not only is he not tired, is a God that is generous with strength. He gives strength to the weary and to him that has no might, he increases strength. I pray for you today, if you are weary, that you receive strength from the throne of God in the name of Jesus. I pray for you today that you have no might, that the God of heaven will increase your power and increase your might in the name of Jesus. Even if you think you are not weary, even if you think you are mighty, it doesn't mean they think they are mighty, but I'm praying for you also that God will still increase your power and God will still give you strength in the name of Jesus. I want you to say amen, amen. Say it, say it out loud, amen. Come on, type it, type it. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> it says, even youth grow weary, natural strength failed, failed. And tired and vigorous men stumble badly. We saw it in, in, in the case of David and his men. They were vigorous men. They sat on the floor like children, like babies. They began to cry like babies. These were vigorous, valiant men. It says, but those who wait on new strength, beautiful, and renew their power, they will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles. They will soar close to God. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not get tired. Those that 
are close to God by waiting on God. I want to look at the story of Samuel, I'm sorry, of David in 1 Samuel. We see that that was exactly what David did. I mean, it's easy to miss it, but if you pay attention, you will see that that was exactly what, what David did in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30. And David was now in great danger because all his men were bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. I mean, again, that is the uh, challenge of leadership. Sometimes when people are confused, they are disillusioned, they pick up stones, and guess who they are going to stone? <laughs> pastor. They are going to stone pastor. They are going to stone the leader. Why? Because they can't find God. Some people, they do it in spirituality. They claim they are cool with God, but they will stone their pastor. You know? Oh, and their fellowship is very tight with God. But it's, 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 it is transferred aggression, you know, because how can you love a God you cannot see? When you don't love a man that you can see? How can you, how can you say you are loving a God that you cannot see? Meanwhile, you are stoning a man you can see. You know, it doesn't add up. It's, it's a confused state. So because of their sons and their daughters, because of the loss, because of something has happened, they don't get it. Something has happened. They can wrap their minds around it. They picked up stones. If you're a pastor or you're a church leader, you're watching this, be encouraged. Yes, you have been stoned, but stand strong. Do what David did. He says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David encouraged his himself. Another translation says he encouraged himself. He put courage inside of himself. You see, that's why it is important to have a personal work with God that is sound and solid. Because if you look to people for encouragement and they see that you are, you are looking to them for encouragement, they will use it to punish you, you know. <laughs> but if you know that you are, your place in God is secure, it doesn't matter who is singing your praise. It doesn't matter who is saying, oh, you are the best pastor on earth or you are the best tomorrow. These same people will turn, will turn at you. So if you're a pastor, you're watching this. Take heart. Learn how to draw strength from God yourself. Yeah. David encouraged himself. David found strength in the Lord, his God. He drew strength from the Lord. So, and because David waited on God, he got the human and he to me. He, he, he went before God. He waited. What do I do? How do I navigate? Should I pursue? Will I overtake? Will I recover all? Then God said to him, pursue, overtake, and without fail, you recover all. And that is where the secret of strength and power is. If you don't pay attention, you miss it. And the secret of strength and power, it is in the spoken word of God. When God speaks to you, it could be through his word. You could be hearing me right now. God is speaking to you. When you hear God's word, that word is like fire. It's like fuel. It's like energy. Boom. You are able to go. Ah, oh, I can stay here for a bit. But we need to go on. I feel like staying here for a bit. <laughs> you know, when God speaks to you, when you, you wait and he, you get his direction, boom, 
This same man that were tired, this same David that sat on the floor was crying, was tired and he was tired, he was crying until he became tired of crying. But because he heard God, they pursued, they overtook, they recovered all. Number one, the grace to wait upon God comes upon you now in Jesus' name. Say amen. As you wait upon God, you will hear God. And that word will be like fire in your bones, fuel in your tank. You will pursue, you will overtake, and will be strength in your hands. You will subdue, and you will recover all in the name of Jesus. So powerful, so powerful. So the second thing the soldier must do very quickly is that the soldier must rest physically. The soldier must rest physically. Sometimes all you need to do is just take a break. You know, I, you see, I see people that are under a lot of pressure. They think, oh, they need to take, make a decision. I need to make a decision. You know, like we learned on Sunday, if you are HAD, don't make a decision. Don't make a decision. Say, Pastor, what is HAD? Go and listen to Sunday's message. Or ask of the church room, they will tell you. Don't. ZHAD or MAD. <laughs> don't make a decision. I need to rush. Don't make a decision. So just rest. If you just, just rest. Just rest. You need physical rest. You need physical rest. Elijah, classic example. I'd called out fire from heaven, taking care of the prophets of Baal. You know, he was drained. He was tired. He got to a point, Elijah said to God, kill me. He was depressed, the depressed prophet. He said to God, kill me. Take me out. Take me out today. You know, interestingly, in 1 Kings 19, this was what now happened to him. He says, he lay down and slept under the juniper tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. Get up and eat. He looked and by his head where there was a baked bread cake baked on hot coals, smoking something, you know, <laughs> a nice agege bread, straight baked by God himself, and a pitcher of water to cool it down. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and says, get up and eat for the journey is too long for you. And on and on and on and on and on. So all Elijah was asked, telling God to kill him. Instead, God was feeding him. <laughs> Elijah said, God should kill him. God says, no, all you need to do is to sleep. Don't worry, I'll take care of lunch. I'll take care of breakfast. I'll cook breakfast for you. Just, just rest. You know, and that's, that's sometimes when, you, when people are around us, when they're just tired, you know, that's all they need to do. Just rest. We take care of their food. We take care of their feeding. Just go and rest. We'll cook for you. We'll bring to your house. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, Papi will bring the food to your house, cooked on hot, hot bread, baked on hot stove, you know. And, you know, all you need to do, just wake up, eat, go back and sleep. That is it. So the soldier must rest physically. Sleep, eat, sleep. Sleep, eat, sleep. I've, I've told you my strategy, I mean, which is, um, I learned from um, Pastor Rick Warren, um, which is D-D-W-W-A-A. And I put that up there. So what is D-D? Deflect daily. Deflect daily. There should be something you do every day that is relaxing and restful. Withdraw weekly. There must be a day of the week, a, week, a day in the week when you shut down and you just, you're sleeping and eating and playing, hanging out with your children, just not serious hanging out, just playing with them, rolling on the floor, doing hide and seek, just fun. And abandon annually. Yeah, there should be a time during the year that you just, um, Guys, I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> so it's because they said to us, research expert says that the shorter your sleep, the shorter you sleep, the shorter your life. So sleep is totally indispensable, totally indispensable. That's number two. Number three, quickly, yeah, is the soldier must rest in Christ. The soldier must learn how to find rest in Christ. Okay, so it's one thing to rest physically. Then it's another thing to rest in Christ. So some people take a vacation. They rest physically. They don't rest in Christ. They come back from the vacation. They are more tired than they left. They are more spiritually disoriented. Even though they have physical strength, they are more confused in their lives than the time they went on the vacation. So you must learn to learn to rest in Christ, not in the ideas of your friends. You know, some people, ah, this friend is doing this, that friend is doing that. Oh, this is a good idea from this friend. That's a good idea from that friend. Has caused a lot of problems in people's lives and marriages, a lot. Rest, learn to rest in Christ. He says in Matthew 28, 11.28, rather, Matthew 11.28, that if you are tired from carrying every burden, Jesus is giving you an invitation. Come to me. I am willing to give you rest. I'm willing to give you rest. I'm willing to give you rest. And if you are not saved, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You know, today is a good time. Today is a good time. If you signify the church room, they would have a one-on-one -on -one counseling with you and lead you to a fellowship with Christ. And that's so important. That's so important. So we see that the tired soldier must learn to wait on God. The tired soldier must learn to rest physically. And the tired soldier must learn to find rest in Christ, number three. So at this point, I'll bring on a few people to 
have this conversation with me. So first we have Jackson Daniel. Hi. Yeah, good evening, sir. Then we have Pastor Elizabeth. Um, and we have Candy. Hi, Candy. Hi, Pastor. Candy, you need to speak up a little bit louder. Hi, Pastor. <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> thank you. So, how has your day been, Jackson? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Okay. Uh, just talking here. Stop. How has your day been, uh, Candy? Fine, thank you. Fine. Yes. How is online schooling? Um, I prefer proper school. You prefer <laughs> you prefer proper school. <laughs> yes. I don't really think online learning is as effective as being in school and actually being there to talk oh. to the teacher and Yeah. So you want to go back to proper school? Proper school. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, Elizabeth, you're back. Fantastic. Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay, so, yeah, you, you guys heard what's on the table. The tired soldier. So I'm going to start with um, Jackson. And then um, what, what, what are your immediate questions or thoughts or, um, on this matter? Uh, thank you very much, Pastor. Um, this is a very timely message. I think it came at the, just at the right time. Um, and um, it really shows what's going on now because if you look around, there's a lot of people that are really, really tired. Um, but for me, uh, I just wanted you to kind of shed more light on mental and emotional tiredness uh, because that's what we see more today in um, a lot of people. It just has to do with the mind and the emotions. Amazing. That's that's a that's a very good question. <clears throat> so, um, mental and emotional tiredness, because it's, it's rampant now. Because um, man was designed for community. We're designed to connect. So, even churches here are having touchless touchless services so people come to church you can't shake anyone you can't hug anyone you know god designed designed us to be touched god designed us to be hugged god designed us to have interactions so what covid 19 has succeeded in doing is broken a lot of those interactions even before covid there have been tons and tons of research that shows that people that are isolated, they usually get depressed. They usually have mental health problems. So people that are isolated and all their lives are online, you know, they are usually um, um, very messed up mentally because they don't have real friends. So you have 1,000 friends on social media and you don't have anyone you can talk to. You, you, you are going through 
a challenge. As a man, you're feeling the pressure of lifting the weight of your family and there's no other man that can put a hand around your shoulder and say, you know, Jackson's gonna be all right. I'm going through this too. You know, let's go and play football, Joe. You know, <laughs> you know we used to do that back in the day, Jackson. We used to go and play football together, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know? yes, yes. But right yeah, now, yeah, all we can do is play FIFA on the PlayStation. <laughs> that's true, that's true. You know, so, so the truth is that has impacted. So how do you overcome that? You have to hold on to your relationships. Yes, you cannot meet physically. Do you, are you calling? Are you calling? Are you doing video calls? I, don't, I personally don't, I don't like just voice calls. The people that are important to me, I call them by video. If you, do, if you want to text me or call, call me, I can text and call. But the people that are important to me, when I want to talk to the people that are important to me, I call them on video. Why? Because I want to, I mean, I, I, you know, in fact, I got, I got a, a, a horrible news of today about a friend of mine that passed on today. It is, is, is popularly known in Lagos. I mean, the news obviously is, you know, it's going to be in the news shortly if it is not in the news yet. Good guy. And the last time I still chatted with him on, 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 the, on PlayStation. In fact, he sent me a voice note on PlayStation. I, I was just before service, I was playing his voice recording. Oh, pastor, he was just talking to me like a friend. I'm like, so this guy is gone. This guy's gone. COVID. So how do we be in that place where we don't suffer from the mental barrage of this season is by being in community. COVID wants us to have social distancing, to separate even physically from ourselves. But God designed us to have social intimacy, <laughs> physical contact. So people are saying, oh, this is the new normal. And I say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it will not be the new normal. Because this is, a, while it will be, while a lot of people will make money from it, humanity will suffer tremendously by it. So while some people can say, oh, it's the new normal, let's make money. Yes, go and make money, then what? Then what happens to the money? It's an attack on humanity and we will prevail. In the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sorry, but uh, Jackson, I just went off. It's because I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. I don't know if that helps. That helps. Right? Yeah, it does. It does. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. So, yes. um, Pastor Elizabeth. Thank you, sir. I'm privileged to be here. Um, sometimes when we are down, you know, we become desperate. Oh. You know, we become desperate for help. Um, how do we then discern, you know, the situation, what is from God, and then what is, you know, a solution that's not from God? That's a very good question, Pastor Elizabeth, you know, because um, when people are tired, it's, 
is when they appear to be desperate. When when I say appear to be desperate, I'm not making light of 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 um, of the situation. I'm just saying that look, the pressure to make a decision now is actually an indication that you should not make a decision. Hmm. It's, it's an indication that you should not make a decision. So when we feel the pressure, we want to make decisions. Then we, we, we now make permanent decisions based on temporary situations. So situation, the situation will now change, then you are stuck with the decision. But because you have to show that you are a strong woman or a strong man, then you, you will bravado your way and keep suffering. So what you should do, you know, like we learned um, on Sunday, is learn how to be slow. Learn when not to make decisions. So, yeah, so then that's one. Learn not to be rushed to make decisions, that is, that's one. Secondly, you need a stable, trusted source outside of yourself. You know, because sometimes our hearts deceive us. You know, in fact, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. You know, who, who can know it? So if you are depending solely on your heart, you, you, are, you are asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. One of the biggest decisions that I've had to make in my life, you know, apart from salvation, who to marry, was, was to leave the church I was pastoring the, and and pastor um, Gospel House, you know, it it was a tough, 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 tough time, tough time. Elizabeth, I'm sure you're aware of that time. <laughs> Jackson, you should remember, you know, it was a really yeah, tough yeah. time. For me. Now, before I make major decisions, there are five people, five or seven. Five, I can't remember right now, top of my head. I think there were seven. Five people that I must hear what they have to say. So because I can't trust my heart, I have heard God. I, okay, I thought I had heard God. I thought this is what my heart said. I needed to speak with these people. I needed to speak with One, two, three, four, five. And I tell you, one, two, three, four, five. Five of them said the same thing. So I knew I was in the right path. And if it was seven, seven of them said the same thing. So was only one that was like, eh, me. Then I asked her a question. I said, what would my spiritual father have said if he was alive? You know, she now said, okay, okay, okay. So, but we see people, foolish people, make major decisions just because that's how they feel. Outright foolishness. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Elizabeth, are you good? Yes, sir. Okay, Candy. I was actually going to ask a question. The almost the same question is that Daniel asked about your mental health. Because a lot of people I have a lot of friends that have told me that oh they're going through this, they feel depressed because they're not around people. I don't really get it because 
I don't feel like you need people to be around you to feel normal. But I have a lot of friends that tell me, oh, that they're depressed. Some of them say, oh, they feel like killing themselves. And I'm, I just, I don't understand. And I don't know what to tell them. Obviously, I pray for them and I tell them to pray. But I don't know what you can do to get yourself out of that type of situation. It's real, Candy. Thank God for you. And you and a lot of our children and our younger ones, because of your foundation, you know, you know God, you know how to connect with God. Then you have people around you that that support you. A lot of a lot of them, they may have parents, but a lot of their parents are not supportive. Do you understand? So yeah. you, at least I know you have your mom. I know you have the sister. And I know, I mean, things are needed in those areas. Now, there are people that are staying in a big house. Daddy is present. Mom is present. Siblings are present. But everybody is at loggerheads. And the only connection they have is maybe with you, Candy, or any of all their friends at school. Yeah. That's the only real connection they have. So they are going to feel a lot of pressure. So don't, um, you have to pray with them. Maybe you want to get them to talk to a pastor. You know, you want to get them to, we have, I mean, teenage pastors that will be happy to talk to your friends and help them stay strong at this time. You know, so maybe that's what you want to do. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So we'll take questions from social media. I'll come back to you guys. You know, but I want to be sure that we don't have questions on social media. If you have questions on social media, please, can you please be kind enough to send it, to send it to us, um, send it to us. Yes, and it will get to me one way or the other. So um, I will come back to you, um, Jackson. Um, yes, sir. On, on if you have another question or thought or yeah. Question. yeah so yeah uh, pastor i have a second question and my question is uh, an extension of uh, sister uh, pastor elizabeth elizabeth's question uh, um in in desperate situations uh, people make some people on one divide they do do uh, make desperate decision some other people another divide they don't make the decision at all it's like they do not in alternative and they say they are waiting on God. Uh, I, I find it very, very difficult to, to, to I, I, can't, I can't comprehend. So uh, can you share more light to that? Because just waiting on God, folding your hand, I've prayed in the past, God is going to do it. Oh. It's, it it's something that, you know, we see around people just feeling oh. that, okay, God, God, oh. God, God, I've already done my homework, oh. so I don't need to do anything, even though the oh. situation is getting tougher. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big concern because if you look at how people tend to be in one extreme or the other, you know, um, and there's a lot of people, you know. So I think we've talked about those that go ahead and make rash decisions. So now let me talk about those that are now paralyzed by the situation and hide under religiosity, hide under spirituality. Say, used Christianese, 
lingos of, oh, I'm waiting on God. <laughs> I'm waiting on God. You know, many times when we think we are waiting on God, the truth is that God is actually waiting on us. And we don't understand what it means to wait. To wait on God is not a passive, it's not a passive thing. To wait on God is an, is an active thing. You are actively seeking a solution. So, but not in your strength and, and wisdom. You are actively seeking a solution in, in God. You are actively seeking a solution in God. So, waiting time is not passive time. Waiting time is prayer time. Waiting time is preparation time. Waiting time is people time. When you are, when you are, when you are making new connections, you are, you are making new friends, you are, you are getting new ideas. So the fact that you are waiting doesn't mean you should fold your hands. That is not waiting spiritually. That is being docile, you know. So God expects us to, yes, Jackson, God expects us to take action. He expects us to take action, you know. Um, I don't know if that helps. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. It does. Okay. Pastor Elizabeth. Uh, okay, so I have a question, but it's something you shared on, you know, resting, um, resting physically and um, also resting in the Lord. You know, for me, it's very key because some people will just rest um, physically and, you know, they will not rest in the Lord. Um, some, some people also, when they don't realize that they are burnt out, they don't there's just a, a wrecking ball going to happen. You know, how do you, how, what are the signs and symptoms that one should look out for to know I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the bottom, you know, this is me burnt out, this is me worn out. So, uh, you know, and how to just seek help to get out of that situation. Oh, the are couple, you know, first and foremost, the things that used to excite you, that you could do for free, is now a chore, is now a labor, is now, is now a, yeah, is now, is now, is now a, a, a chore. Okay. So for instance, you could cook for your husband for free. <laughs> Let's say, <laughs> you know, then, it's now a, it's now a burden. You're not saying, am I even am I even your slave? Am I even something is wrong there? You know, so it means that you're getting disoriented in that relationship. Probably born getting burned out. So do you become cynical at things that would have been a joke normally? So when you hear something that you could laugh over before, now you are becoming touchy, you know? It's a sign, it's a sign. Do you lack the energy, you know, that you once had? You're finding it hard to concentrate. Check your sleep, you know? Many times when people are burnt out and they are in bed, they can't even sleep, even though they need sleep to be refreshed. 
So check how easy it is for me to sleep. Hmm. Yes. Check. Check my sleeping habits. So then, I mean, I can go on and on and on. So it's going to vary from person to person, you know, but have someone that is around you that you can ask, am I okay? Do I look like I'm functioning optimally? Or am I becoming lethargic? Am I becoming cranky? Am I becoming burnt out? And, and they'll be able to tell you. Does that help? Yes. Pardon me? Yes, sir, it does. Okay. So, um, Candy. Yes, sir. Oh, I don't have any other question. Okay. <laughs> so, let me let me ask you: Have you been um, tired to a point where you really feel down and out, Candy? When you are really tired, I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of this house. I'm tired of this, this and that. I'm tired, 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 tired. You know? Yes. There are situations when I feel like I'm doing my best at something. I'm actually not doing my best, but I feel like I'm doing my best. Mm. And people around me are telling me that is not your best. Mm. When I feel like I've done all that I can, but there's still other expectations. And you're like, I'm tired of all these people telling me that. <laughs> so how do you how do you respond to that? My mom always tells me that when someone tells you something or when somebody complains about something, you have to also see from the other person's perspective. So uh, if a bunch of people are telling me the same thing, I have uh, to obviously means that there's something I need to work on. Uh, so when I'm in those type of situations, I stop looking at it from where oh, they're attacking me or they're just telling me this. And I start to see, okay, maybe I can actually do something to change it. Or maybe there's something else that I've missed. And that's how I oh okay your mom is a wise woman <laughs> okay so i would ask <clears throat> um jackson the same question yes sir. um yes uh there have been times that i've been really burnt out uh, i've had um some mental exhaustion and um it especially on 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 my on my job on my career i've had some mental exhaustion and for me it was was difficult it was very difficult because it was something i know to do well and something that um my my boss and and my fellow colleagues can like you're good at doing this and then i get a different feedback it wasn't just working and i did all i can and uh, we weren't where we were supposed to be. And, you know, I, I, for me, what I did was I went back to God and I, 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 I prayed. And I said, God, I need your help in this thing. It's not just working. But there's something I've learned over the years. There are times that even your best may not just be good enough. Mm. And, and that is not a time to quit. That is time. That's a time to look inward and see 
what you can do differently. And in some of those cases, I have to probably change the strategy or my approach or what change the deliverables of, of what mm -hmm. I'm doing. So, so it's, it's the fact that you're used to one way of getting things done. You get to a time, it's, it's, not, it's just like a prophecy. Get to a time where it looks like the prophecy becomes dormant. Then you get another word from God. So um, um, as long as we live, as long as we are on this earth, um, there will be a time where we'll have this, um, we'll be burnt out, uh, mm. especially if you, don't, if you don't look at it. Uh, or we'll be tired as a soldier. We'll get to a point where we'll be tired, uh, like, like our teaching today has taught us. Um, but our actions, when you're tired, doesn't mean um, you give in. Because, because you, you're, before you give, uh, give up physically, you're already giving up mentally. So for me, um, I've passed through a series of this mental exhaustion. And over the time, I've got to understand that these things will continue to be with us. We just have to look for a way with God on our side to walk through it. Right, right. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Elizabeth. Um, I've definitely been in this position, <laughs> um, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, I've hit rock bottom several times. And um, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. But in my own case, I, I could not even encourage myself. And I think it's, also, it's important that you can identify someone in your life, someone who you trust, someone who you can confide in, someone grounded in the word. And I think for me, that was what helped me. Because when you find yourself in such a situation, the, the devil tries to separate you. you. You enter this world where you believe, oh, it's ha happening to me. I can't get out of it. And I always remember the illustration of when a lion is trying to attack a, a group. He will try to separate you from the pack. And I think for me, it was being able to tell this person that this is me. This is where I am. You know, I'm in rock bottom. And... Um, that person was able to drag me out, you know, say it's okay to cry, it's okay for you to get, you know, to be here. But that person now helped me, encouraged me in the Lord, you know, to drag me up. So I, I think sometimes we need to identify trusted people, you know, part of in the kingdom that that can help us through this challenging time to, to oh. drag us out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we are back to community. We are yeah. back to, um, you know, um, yeah, community. You know, um, we are better together. No one man riot squad. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so before we 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 round up. We, if you were to ask me any question, what would it be? Let me start with Elizabeth. Well, um, when, you know, going through the topic and everything, you know, um, I picked up something from your book, um, Winning, where you were talking about um, the greatest antidote to stress was simplicity and you know you talked about thinking clearly you know thinking differently 
hands off and you know um, to cut off. And um, I, I related that to you know like investing in yourself, right? Investing in yourself when you retreat. Um, so for me, I just um, I want to ask you know. There's a difference between resting and retreating. You, you, you can, you, when you rest, do you, um, how do I put it down? It's not accepting the feet, right? To rest, is it, um, is it, let me, let me rephrase the question. Resting versus retreating. Right. How do you, know when to get back you know when you when you take a break how do you find yourself you know how do you get back okay so i will, I will answer the question the way i understand what you are trying to say okay. so, <laughs> so many times people people retreat yeah. but they don't get the rest that they need so people withdraw from things they are doing, from work, sometimes from church, to take time off, which is fine. However, you take the time off, you don't get the rest that you need physically and, you, and in Christ. Such people, they are, they are usually worse off by the time they come back because, because They've come back more or less polluted because they've not rested and they've been filled with different things that is not of Christ. So I think they come back usually worse off. So having a retreat is not equal to resting. The same way there are people that sleep and they wake up tired. So the fact that you have slept does not mean you are rested. So there's, there's, in fact, they, they tell us that there's, that there's a type of sleep called the REM sleep, which we need more than the shallow sleep. So the shallow sleep does not get you rested. It's when you can get that deep sleep when no one, um, well, not no one can disturb you, but I mean, you are really, your all your system is actually now resting. Then when you wake up, you are refreshed. When you wake up, you are boom, good to go. So that's, I don't know if that captures what you were trying to say. Yes, sir, it does. Okay. Thank you, Elizabeth. So, um, Jackson? Um, so, my question might be a little bit um, off this topic. Um, I want to get your perspective on the current burning issue because I know um, you've taught um, two series on the black man. And when this issue started, Black Lives Matter and the death of uh, Floyd, I, I, my mind just went back to those teaching. And my question will be, how this is this is information that everybody, I think, a lot of people need those teaching. Is there a chance you can put that in a book? Like this is a what? Sorry, this is a what? I said those information, those informations yeah. are very important. A lot of people yeah. don't understand where the black man is coming from and how 
um, the systematic um, slavery and the rest has tormented their mentality and they act the way they act. So my question to you is, is there a chance you can put this in a book like you did for winning? The answer is yes. I'm supposed to be writing the book right now. <laughs> so, um, yes, so I'm writing two books right now, um, Gold and Silver and The Black Man. You know, now I, 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 I took a break on The Black Man so that I, I can get gold and silver out of the way. So I can focus on the black man. But with all these things that are happening, I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> but the two will be ready by the grace of God. You know, okay. but thank you for that. Fantastic. I see that as um, encouragement to continue to work hard on the books. <laughs> okay, thanks. So, Candy? Could you please explain resting in the spirit of God a bit more? Because I didn't really understand how the rest is spirit of God. How to rest in Christ? Yes. Okay. I think that's a question also that is here on social media. Someone is saying, I have a question. Please, can you give a real life illustration about resting in Christ? So um, people want to know what it is to rest in Christ. Now, resting in Christ, um, mainly is all about, let me back up. So to sleep, you have to lay down, close your eyes and trust yourself to God. I mean, if you're a Christian, because once you are asleep, you don't know what's going on. You don't even know where you are. But there's someone that's watching over you that does not slumber, that does not sleep. So in physical sleep, that's what you do. And when you do that, when you are, you are sleeping without a care in the world, you actually get the REM sleep that they talk about, and you get rested. Spiritual rest is the same. Is an exchange, is an exchange of my strength for God's strength. So when you sleep physically, you are exchanging your strength, you are letting go of your strength. I mean, you don't see anybody sleeping and they are active and they are cooking and they are solving maths and they are doing their own work. You let all your mental strength, your physical strength, you, you let it go. Same thing with resting in Christ spiritually. So. In fact, Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So there's an exchange there. You bring your burdens, you lay it, give me your burdens, and let me give you my rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So you rest in Christ when you cede control to him, and you take on its own rest. So many people really don't trust God. And that's the problem. You know, they really don't trust God. So I'm having, okay, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with so many things right now. So many things, you know. So I was praying and I was talking to God about 
one of the things that was really bothering me because, I mean, you know, and I'm sure you're surprised, Pastor. You, have, <laughs> you know, you're always laughing. I mean, yeah, and and do you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Earlier as of this morning, or yesterday night, he said to me. He showed me one situation. He said that, did you solve this one by yourself? I said no. Did you solve this one by yourself? I said no. That's true. So why do you think you solved this one by yourself? <laughs> so, so I got up. I got up rested, if you will. So I got up without a care. So I have put my bodies on him, and I've walked away. So when I think about those issues, right, I get ex um, um, concerned as I used as I was, that led me to praying. I would say, sorry, I'm not going to get concerned because it's with God. God will sort it out. I'm good. I will mind. I will take His own body, His own yoke, worry about His own work, and He will sort out my own issues. Okay. Are you fine, Candy? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so there's, there's a question here um, in, uh, from Mixla, one from Mixla, one from Facebook. I just take them and we'll, and we'll wrap up. Um, Mixla says, we read in the scriptures that Elijah got tired and prayed some irrational prayers. Did those prayers get answered? And are there consequences for a Christian that gets tired and do irrational things? Okay. So there are two things, praying irrational prayers and doing irrational things. When you do irrational things, okay, you're angry, you take your chair, you smash your TV. Then after that, you calm down. Does God still love you? Yes, but your TV remains smashed. <laughs> so, 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 so that's, that's not the issue. So God still loves you, no problem. But you break your husband's car. You smash your husband's windscreen when you're angry. Now you have calmed down. Does God still love you? Yes. But the windscreen remains broken. It does. So that's the physical acting. Now, Spiritual praying, irrational prayers. You see, God is bigger than us. God is wiser than us. So, sometimes, the beauty of our lives is not so much as in the answered prayers. It's in the unanswered prayers. So, sometimes, we, we are grateful for the prayers God did not answer. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, sometimes, many times, God will not answer our irrational uh, prayers. Did Elijah's irrational prayers got answered? No, because God didn't kill him. Okay. No, God did not kill him. Um, can you give a real life practical examples of resting in the Lord? We've done that already. Um, we've done that already. Okay, people. So, thank you everyone for, for coming and being a part of this. Um, so the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you 
and give you peace. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh. 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 Oh.